Hey everybody, welcome to What Does the Bible Say About That? In this podcast episode, Will and I are going to look at the issues of social reform, um, social justice, and really what a Christian's role is in society. Now, this is a topic on a lot of Christians' minds right now, so we just wanted to look at what the Bible has to say about these issues. Um, so I hope you'd have your Bibles out, you'd have a prayerful heart and spirit, and that you would uh, get some light, hopefully, from what the Bible has to say. Hope you all enjoy. You know, Will, um, storms, hurricanes, when they, they spin in opposite directions depending on which hemisphere they're in. Did you know that? Nope. I didn't. Now you do. Now you do. That's your fun <laughs> fact for the day. <laughs> So, anyway. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know if this is accurate, but it's kind of like looking at a clock. And if you, mm. if you look at it from the top, you know, maybe it's going clockwise, but then you come back and look at it from the bottom and it's going counterclockwise. Is it? Is that how? What? Yeah. That's, that's clockwise either way. No. Mm-mm. Huh. <laughs> I'll have to look into that one. <laughs> Okay, what are we going to talk about today, Will? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, we're going to talk about social injustice. Mm. And mm-hmm. we're going to see what, you know, this is obviously what's happening in our world, the American world, actually maybe all over the world. But um, it's, yeah, just a good time to dig into the Bible, see yeah. see what our our leader and our example, our king, um, mm-hmm. says about it and lived about, lived, uh, kind of the example he set for us and also the yeah. early Christians. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is obviously a very hot topic right now. And, you know, if you look on social media, there's a lot of reactions or non-reactions going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when I look at, many of my brothers, sisters in Christ and their responses, it, it's like the, clearly this needs to be addressed because anyone can pull Bible verses to justify their position. Mm-hmm. I've seen many people using different stories or, or verses to justify their response. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's just good to, to take a look at what the Bible says about this as, as a whole, you know, not nitpicking verses, but right. let's really see, what's the new Testament revelation concerning how we should be towards social issues, I guess. Yeah, totally. I think, I think it's a good point. You know, something I've been thinking about too, not to, not to um, make the current situation lighter than it is. I mean, it's, it's a heavy situation. A lot of people have been heartbroken and, and all the things, but mm-hmm. you know, social injustice has been something that is spans across almost every culture and mm-hmm. has been, from the beginning of time um, has been, has been a problem. And so I think it's important to see that in a larger spectrum. So maybe we don't get Mm -hmm. so caught up in the emotions in the current situation when we come to the word and try to justify, you know, those things. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. God is very aware and he has been since the beginning of time and the beginning of human beings. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's a good point. And, yeah, so let's let's dig into the word, see what it has to say, and um, and once again, 
we're looking at what the Bible has to say. This by no means reflects how we, you know, whether, you know, how we personally feel about the situation. Obviously, we're both heartbroken and we feel for anyone who's been subject to, you know, social injustices. Mm-hmm. But we're, we want to take an objective look at the word to see um, how God feels about this and what he's going to do to solve it, really. Yeah, right. Yeah, good way to put it. Um, and so there, there is a verse in, in Psalm uh, 89, uh, verse 14. I think it's also in, it's somewhere else in Psalm 2, but it's, it's a great verse to have in your pocket. Um, it talks about the foundation of God's throne is righteousness. And so, you know, the Lord, like his whole administration, his, his government, we can say his kingdom yeah. is a kingdom of righteousness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's the coupled verse in Romans 14, 17. It's like the kingdom of God is righteousness. So God is righteous. He's just. There's many verses that talks about he cares for the oppressed, the widows and the orphans. Um, and he commissions, uh, you know, his people to to have the same feeling in a sense. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that should be clear. And we can do a thousand verses on that topic alone if we wanted to, mm-hmm. but I thought, you know, maybe that's a good foundation to lay from the start. Yeah. So. Because that is yeah. his foundation. Of his throne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the question is, you know, how does God deal with injustice? Like what, like what is his plan to execute justice and righteousness on the earth? Yeah. It's good. It's a great question. What do you think? Well, okay, so, you know, there's two comings of Christ. So we've right. the, the, one of them, the first one, has already happened. Right. And that, really, that first coming is what laid the foundation and established the church and what the church should be today um, and mm-hmm. what believers are commissioned to do today. And I think if we look at that, then we'll we'll see... I guess we can answer the question of what is God specifically doing today? Mm. And then Mm -hmm. when we address the Lord's second coming and what the Bible prophesies and foretells of what that will look like, then we'll know what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Cause I think, you know, if you have, if you didn't listen to our podcast on sin, um, I think that's a great resource to go to because we're just, I'm just going to briefly say, you know, Mankind has fallen, and we have uh, Jeremiah talks about how our, our hearts are deceitful above all things in seventeen nine, yeah. and you know we're we're actually unchangeable. That's our nature. I think that's in thirteen chapter thirteen of Jeremiah. Um, we're like a leper who who can't change his spots. You know, we just we have a nature that's utterly corrupt. Right. Despite how much reform we try to do in ourselves. We're, we're just corrupt and deceitful. Mm-hmm. Our righteousness is like filthy rags, Isaiah says in chapter 64. Um, so Christ, in his first coming, um, he actually came to deal with that problem, the problem of man's corrupt, sinful nature. Um, he came to give man a new birth in John 3, to, to beget us in our spirit, to um, regenerate us yeah. so that 
we could be given a new heart, according to Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8, um, a new spirit, a new heart. And that heart comes with the law of God, like in its, in its foundation, in its very constitution, its makeup, inclines us to do the things of God. And, and so that's in Christ's first coming, he came to save us from our sins and to restore our hearts so that we could be his kingdom people, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, you know, something to, to, I guess, come out of that is when you look at maybe in these ways where Jesus, uh, like Matthew 5, for example, when he's establishing his, like, you know, kingdom law or the Beatitudes or Sermon on the Mount, Mm -hmm. Constitution of the Kingdom, whatever you want to call that, you know, section of scripture, it's like when he's, when he's establishing, hey, a Christian or a believer or follower of God should do these things or be this kind of person. Mm-hmm. It's in light of possessing his life and in light of what right. exactly what you just said of this changing of heart and, you know, attaining God's spirit. And so, yeah, just to, just to say that, like, once we get, and once we've started this transformation process, the result is something that is really beautiful and pure and, just mm-hmm. and righteous, but right. without that process, no way, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. never be those kind of people. That's right. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to note as well that when Jesus came the first time, he actually, he didn't touch the uh, socio-political structures of his day right. at all. Right. Um, you know, he, he was living in a far more unjust time than we're living in today. The Roman Empire, it was a tyrannical empire. The Jews were certainly being oppressed. There was still uh, the institution of slavery, right? Um, there's just lots and lots of injustices. And when, when the Lord is before Pilate, um, about to be unjustly crucified, right? Mm-hmm. He's who's been convicted as a criminal, even though he's clearly innocent and Pilate says he's innocent. Um, he actually tells him something that's really striking. Yeah. Uh, and that is, uh, it's, I think it's John 18, 36. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Yeah. My kingdom is not of this right. world. It's of a, another world entirely. It's a, it's just, you know, that that is Jesus's like statement about his kingdom and what it's about. It has nothing to do with this world that we're in. It's a heavenly kingdom with a, a he's a heavenly king with a heavenly kingdom. Right. It doesn't have to do with the world situation. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's such a good point because you know Jesus, he's also called you know the Nazarene, mm-hmm. and that area of you know, I guess of, of the world is not the most developed or was not the most developed, you know, it was kind of, mm-hmm. um, his, his dad was a carpenter. We don't know really what his mom did. So he wasn't of like the highest socioeconomic level. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just a good point. It's like, he, he didn't, he didn't try to reform anything or to revolt that right. actually the things that he did want to, in a sense, make a statement about and reform and those kind of things was religion. In the Jewish religion, mm. that like those were the type of things that that he broke and went against, was, right. was these religious laws that people had taken to and substituted for God. Right, but it never did. Right. You never. I mean, you never see really anything of him going against 
the Roman law. I mean, even when he was told right. to pay taxes, he did it. That's right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. He was tempted several times to revolt, right? Mm-hmm. Like Satan tempted him, tempted him in Matthew right. four to, to claim an earthly kingship, right? Mm-hmm. The Jews tried to crown him as king. I think is John six or five, one of those, um, but he, he snuck away when they were trying to do that. And then, yeah, like you're saying, they, they tempted him, like, should we pay tribute to Caesar? Should we pay our tax to him? And he said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's, right? right? Um, and I think it's important to note, right? First, he's, first, the point is, in his first coming, he's coming to save men from their sins and to dispense his life into them so they can become children of God. And he has a view that, that a, a earthly kingdom is coming later. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There is a second coming of Christ in which, um, you know, that righteousness and justice will come to earth. Uh, like it's described in Daniel as it's going to crush the existing human governments. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, he will reign as king on the earth at that time. He will be lawmaker and judge. Um, there's lots of verses we can get into. Like Isaiah talks about it a ton. Isaiah 11, he will judge the poor in righteousness, decide with equity for the afflicted of the land. Um, you know, he'll cast out all the, the, you know, things of stumbling that are in his kingdom, right. uh, throw them into the fire, right? Matthew 13. Um, and then I, I really like this verse, um, Isaiah 2, 4, he will judge between the nations, will decide matters for the people. They will beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning knives, right? He's going to abolish war, abolish injustice. And uh, in that day, he will be king over all the earth. That's Zechariah 14, 9. So, um, yeah, there is like a great hope at him coming outwardly to deal with the outward injustices in his second coming when he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's so much to dig into when it comes to the second coming. So, Mm -hmm. and everything you said there is very accurate and true and things we should hope and hold on to. But what about Mm -hmm. in the meantime, you know, what do we, Mm -hmm. how do we balance between, um, and I think we're, we're about to get into this, but you know, you have his first coming where his primary goal was to save us from our sins um, and yeah, for sure, there's the hope of the new uh, kingdom because that that is somewhat of how we hold our standard of righteousness. It's like right. we maintain our righteousness one to to ensure our fellowship with God, but also to, um, I mean, in a way, to maintain a reward and avoid a punishment in the coming age when the Lord mm-hmm. returns. And so there is yeah. there is the aspect of righteousness and justice currently from God's yeah. view, but in light of his second coming, when he's going to establish his kingdom and deal with all these things, mm-hmm. you know, what do we do? What's our commission as Christians? Yeah, it's a really, it's a great question. And it, it strikes home for many. Cause it's like, I'm a Christian. I, you know, care for people. Right. I love people. Right. And I, I hate seeing people being oppressed and, and we do, right. We, we, nothing we're saying, or that I'm about to say comes from a heart of uh, uh, apathy, you know, yeah. it comes from a heart of, of empathy. And, you know, this, this 
these oppressions or injustices in society, they're, they're wrong and we do hate them and we do stand totally. against them inwardly, mm-hmm. right? Like we're, we hate them, but we have to look at the word to see what is our place in society and what should we be doing? And, you know, it's very clear as first Peter two twenty one that Christ, he suffered and he left us a model so that we may follow in his steps, right? Right. We're, we're called to follow in the steps of Christ and to, to do what he did, right? Uh-huh. To care for what he cared about. Um, and so we can actually see this pretty clearly in Paul and how he lived. Like Paul would be a more of a pattern of like, what do you do as a Christian today, right? Um, and he actually did the exact same thing that the Lord did. He cared for what the Lord cares about because we're still in kind of the age of his first coming. Right. We're still following in the commission that he was carrying out while he was on the earth. And, and that commission is to save souls Mm -hmm. and to dispense God's life into people and to, um, yeah, give people the Christ who is the spirit, the indwelling Christ. Right. Um, that, that's what we've been commissioned with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you look at Paul, um, you know, this is a really touchy topic, but uh, I think it's worth bringing up, you know, this system of slavery that existed in his time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very clear that this system is corrupt, right? Yeah. That it, it's, it's wrong, but he in no way incited revolt or even allowed for any sort of a revolutionary thought. Um, in fact, in Titus three and Ephesians five, he, he was talking to Christians who, who actually were slaves at the time. Many of the slaves, you know, loved this, this, um, good news that the kingdom of God has come and you don't have to be rich to enter in, right? right? You don't, you can't pay your way in. Actually, his life is free and it's for anyone who would accept it. So there are many Christians who were slaves in that system of slavery. Um, and he actually commissioned them to obey their masters to be, be good slaves. You can say, Mm -hmm. um, serving, not just serving your master, but as if you're serving God, I think that's in Colossians. Um, so he, he commissioned them to be a testimony in their current system. Right. right? Uh, and there's this verse in Philippians. I really like, it says, uh, Philippians two 15, that you may be blameless and guileless children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation mm-hmm. among whom you shine as luminaries in the world. And so he was commissioning them to be a, a testimony of the, the light of the world of Christ right. to shine forth in the midst of the crooked, perverted generation, not to fix the crooked, perverted generation, but to be a, a counter to an anti-testimony to it. Right. Right. Yeah. In themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. I mean, even, even in, you know, however practically, you know, someone is handling the current situations, it's Mm -hmm. like, regardless of the action or inaction, I guess someone was, is going to take, I think that's like Mm -hmm. the most important thing to remember is whatever is doing, are we being a testimony and are we shining as luminaries Mm -hmm. or are we caught up in something else displaying our own sinful human nature, you know? Right. Yeah. 
Right. And yeah, you know, cause, cause he does care for, he, he was, that's what the Lord came to people one-on-one yeah. to shepherd them and to, to minister to them. And, and Paul, he was doing the same. Mm-hmm. He was going to individuals and he was also speaking to the churches right. and how they should be. And, you know, within the, the church, it, things were, he had a different attitude than he did toward the world. Right. He actually says that clearly. I think it's in first um, Corinthians somewhere. It's like, you don't judge those who are in the world, but how can you not judge those who are in the church? Right. Um, and so his point was, you know, in the church itself, which is exists in Christ, mm-hmm. in his person. Right. Um, there is actually no distinction. There's no distinction between a slave and free man, um, between a, a Jew and Greek, between a male and female. Even yeah, this is right. Galatians three twenty seven, Colossians three uh, ten. You know, we the distinctions, the inequities, the status they've been annulled in Christ. And so as believers in the church, these things have no place, right? Yeah. But that only exists in the reality of being in Christ, of having this renewed heart and of existing in this new realm, this new sphere, this new person, which is Christ, right? The the mystical body of Christ. Totally. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, no, I think that's such a good point. And something that's kind of been heavy on my heart is, also seeing this reality today because like mm. some, you know in a lot of i don't know christian circles like do we really feel and experience and see the kingdom of god in our christian circles because it mm. should look like what paul's describing that there is not there isn't these barriers of right. you know whatever i mean whatever it may be um but you know does the does the the christian group that we surround in the church that we see, you know, does it look like this? Is it the expression? Because really it should be the safe haven for these kind of things. Like, you know, whatever's happening, wherever part of the world you're in, if there's a group of Christians there, you know, this should reflect and be even a foretaste of the kingdom of God, of what's coming, right. you know. Exactly. Um, and not in a way that, you know, I don't know, whatever, goes against the the law that is ever established in that land, unless of course it goes against God or, you know, forces us to worship false gods. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, anyways, I, I just, exactly what you're saying. Like I've just even thought on, on, you know, does our, do our churches and do our, you know, our Christian circles reflect this like they should. Cause in, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, if they don't, then this is, you know, this is in a way where our repentance comes in. Like maybe our own sinful nature is getting in the way and we need to yeah. you know, open to the Lord and our shining and how we are, how we uh, are, whatever, you know, illuminating the kingdom of God. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it, that's the thing. The Lord cares about our heart and, and our being a testimony. Yeah. He, he never commissions us to, to join a, a, social reform movement and he he doesn't give any room for inciting revolution uh it's very clear like you should obey the authorities that are over you romans 13 right and titus i think Titus three yeah um like we should be obedient to the governing bodies above us and paul's saying this when caesar nero is in charge you know right the like the christians were the minority that was being persecuted at the time. And he, that's his commission to them is 
is we obey the government. Like the best you can do is flee from it when you're in persecution, right? We're allowed to flee. Um, but what we should be is a testimony, an anti-testimony, a, a we're the light of the world, right? And the salt of the earth. Yeah. Um, these things don't mean we're going to change the world. They mean we're going to be a, a sort of preservative, a, a kind of a helping it not fall into utter corruption by our, by who we are in it. Right. Yeah. We don't, we don't change it. Like there's no restoration happens happening. Right. Um, the restoration of the world comes when Christ comes the second time. And so that's our, that should be our view. And our hope is we're looking to a kingdom to come. And in this age, we're trying to live in its reality personally. And as the corporate body of Christ we're trying to, live in the reality of the kingdom of God today. Uh, society, we, we don't have any hope in society. You mm-hmm. know, the, like we said, you know, human beings are corrupt in their core. And it's these human beings that are creating the laws of the land, right? Right. Um, and even if they happen to stumble across the best laws that there can be, <laughs> the executors and the administrators and the people carrying that out, they have that corrupt sinful nature still falling so yeah there's we should have zero hope in what this earth can produce in terms of a its own kingdom right its own kind of city of babel the um you know the best human society the kingdom to come will become when christ comes right as the corporate as the smiting stone to crush the human government and establish the kingdom on the earth so Revelation 11, like hope, like now the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, um, you know, I feel like the Bible gives us a lot of ground for this kind of view to where, you know, whether it's social re- reform or, or, um, global whatever improvement on improvement of the earth i don't even know what you would call that mm-hmm. uh, recycling and things like that not that we should not not that we should add or like you know not care about the earth or not care about people and all you know yeah. not that at all but we should be clear like the real solution to these things the real um antibodies or you know whatever is christ coming back that's the only right. way that all these problems are going to be solved the only way the earth is not yeah. going to be whatever polluted. The only way people are not going to be oppressed is for, yeah. is for Christ to come back. And so in everything we're saying, like, I think one of the most important things to get into is why, how can we make Christ come back faster? Mm. Because Peter even mentions mm. hastening the Lord's return. Right. And so if, you know, when we do get upset about these things and get fired up about it, if we want the real solution, we need to, we need to be, you know, really involved and take it serious on how to build up the church and figure out, you know, yeah. what pleases the Lord. Because otherwise, Amen. Our, you know, the rest of our time might be in vain. It might be a waste of it might be a waste of our energy. Right. Right. Actually, there's those verses. Um, so in Second Peter three, that's where it talks about hastening it, hastening His coming. Mm-hmm. And in, in verse nine, it says, the Lord does not delay regarding the promise that he'll come as some count delay, but he is long suffering towards you, not intending that any should perish, yeah. but that all advance to repentance. Wow. Yeah. But the day the Lord will come as a thief, right? Which the heavens will pass away with roar. The earth and its work will be burned up. 
Um, and so, right, the Lord, he sees the injustices, he sees the inequalities and the oppression. And some would say, where's God? Like, where's the right. Lord? Where's the, where is his righteous kingdom? Uh, the Lord does not delay as some count delay. Right. right. He's hoping that men would advance to repentance. And as as believers, we are called. Um, right. We're heralds. Right. We're, we are. Um, uh, what would you call it? Ambassadors. Ambassadors. Christ, yeah. Right. And we've been commissioned to to call men to repentance and to salvation. And so the reason we don't we don't we don't touch the social institutions, but we do speak the gospel to men and women to so that they could be saved so that they could be given a new heart right this this will have an indirect influence on society this will help society to some extent but as an indirect cause of from our gospel mm-hmm, preaching right mm-hmm. um but we're, we're hoping that men would advance to repentance that they would enter into his kingdom today one-on-one right. um right there's a lot more i could say that i'm feeling towards about others responses now but you know i think that's good enough in the sense of like we should care for what the Lord cares about, which is helping men to advance to repentance, right. to receive him as their, their Lord and Savior, right. really. You know, there's actually, yeah. there's actually a, like, it's what you said as the, the result of some people getting saved that it actually benefits society. This, right. not, this isn't a political statement at all. I just have actually really thought this was incredible. But there's a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. And he talks about, you know, whatever role you play in society, whatever job you have, be the best. If you're a chimney sweeper, be the best chimney sweeper. If you're, you know, mm-hmm. I think he has another example. He says, like, if you're a bush in a forest, be the best bush you possibly can be. <laughs> and really, like, that is, it's really the same principle when we're a believer. Like, the Lord didn't settle for anything less. Even when you look at people that were in society that were believers, the life of God does not settle for anything less. It's mm-hmm. like you have all these, I mean, I could just list examples. You know, you have Moses who was whatever the best he, he possibly was. And then you have Daniel who's, you know, basically became second in power in Babylon. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all these people, Paul, even he was well educated, all these things. And then he worked anyways. It's like when we, really um, endeavor to be changed and to go through the transformation process um, and live by the Lord's spirit, we will be mm-hmm. nothing less than <laughs> luminaries. Exactly what we said earlier, but the best of society. Right. Right. Or at least we should be. Right. Yeah. So we should, I think in this time it's good to do some self-seeking and like, Lord, what, what parts of my heart, do you need to come into, right? I want to, I want to be shining. And, and then, you know, we should go out and proclaim the gospel, the good news, the kingdom of God has come, Amen. right? And it and is coming. Right. So this is our commission as believers. We're not, we're not citizens of this world. We're sojourners um, awaiting a kingdom to come. Amen. We don't have a role in how society will be, but we do have a role in, how Christ's kingdom can grow in our hearts and in the hearts of others. Amen. Hey everyone. Thanks for tuning in again to another episode. This was a very um, important episode to release. We felt, um, and also a hard one to talk about. And 
Um, we just, like always, invite any any feedback at all. Um, you can do that on Instagram at the Bible Podcast. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's just a really important time to, you know, dig into the Word, um, pray to the Lord, ask for His shining on um, us as individuals, and also pray for our leaders as they um, navigate on how to move forward. Um, and as always, just look to the Lord for his leading and his peace and his patience and his kindness. Because um, ultimately he is the avenger, he's the just one, and he's the king. And we need to be in his kingdom, under his government, um, and in the enjoyment of God. So, as always, we look forward to hearing from you guys and can't wait to release another episode.